my parents would always say the phrase like no tenemos papeles which like just translates into like we don't have papers and I didn't know what that meant. Let's unravel the DACA timeline, an acronym for Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. In 2001, the DREAM Act was first introduced to Congress, and although it had some support, the proposal kept getting rejected. It wasn't until 2012 when President Obama signed the executive order, which was intended to be a temporary solution to protect immigrant children. In 2017, the Trump administration canceled DACA, and immediately after, they were challenged in court while the immigration policy kept moving around the Supreme Court. Finally, on June 18th of 2020, the Supreme Court blocked the cancellation with a vote of 5-4. to four. I spoke with DACA recipients about their experience. This is their story. My dad's part of the working class, right? And I he'd work maybe 60, 70 hours a week. I wouldn't see him much. And, you know, same for my mom. Like, they were all hardworking people that I don't, that they knew that we were, you know, they were like, yo sé que mi hija la va a ser. Like, I know she's going to make it. But they really, it was hard for them to offer us any knowledge. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the times it was, like, through trial and error that we would, like, figure stuff out. Um the only reason I know how to do my taxes is because I did my dad's taxes. So a lot of the times we be, I felt like I became like the, I don't know, like that support for my parents in, instead of like child, I mean, personally, right? I don't know, like people with privilege and especially like like children, sheltered children, they have the opportunity to, to learn from their parents. Yeah, I definitely didn't have that either. Um, I'd say of my parents, my dad was the one that was more um, like, he tried to show me how proud he was and, and whatnot. But I think at some point, even he was like, you may not go to school. And if you don't, it's okay. Like, you know, it is what it is. Like, we're alive. Um, we're together and whatnot. But yeah, I had to like push through a lot. Um, and mainly for them, like, I don't care you know, for society, I don't care how they, you know, view immigrants or what their expectations are of us. Like anything I've ever done has been for my family um, and for them to feel like it was worth coming here. Because we're, a lot of us are doing this, you know, for our parents, they've sacrificed so much for us to be where we are. I think when I was in high school, I was okay with, you know, doing my best and kind of getting around that way. But after I grew up a little bit and, you know, had to take time off of school because of my status, I found out that there's no way I'm going to get anywhere unless I do work 10 times harder than somebody with citizenship. And it's not just because, you know, of anything besides it's our status. You know, there's so many barriers that if we don't put in 100 times more than regular people, we're not going to advance. Learn more about the personal and challenging DACA experience at radiomilwaukee.org tools. From 88.9, I'm Salam Fatayir.